sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored that you are with us. At Christ Church, we believe God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. At Christ Church, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, and our faith as we journey together through the Bible, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the healing love of God bless you today. Thank you for joining us here. So James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they came forward to Jesus and they uh, said to him, teacher, we want for you to do for us whatever we ask of you. He said to them, well, what is it that you want me to do for you? And they said, well, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? They replied, well, we are able. Then Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. Then when the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and he said to them, You know, among the Gentiles, those whom they recognized as their rulers, they lord it over them. And their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ, that you may be seated. Fear is a completely human emotion. We all experience fear. But Jesus invites us into a way of living in the world where we do not let our fears control how we live or how we engage with the world. We face our fears in love. As 1 John teaches, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Let us pray. Holy God, help us to receive your word with open hearts and courage. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. James and John, I think that they were afraid. I think that these two disciples were afraid.
afraid. This whole thing about the seating arrangements in heaven, I mean, come on. Their concerns about ranking, that's about control. It's often what we do when we're afraid, we try and control things. We try and get a grasp on what we can because we're afraid, fear born out of our uncertainty. The way that James and John are trying to get control, it sounds like the disciples are like a high school marching band and they're competing for first chair of the clarinet section. Their brazen request for Jesus to do for them whatever they ask. That's not the behavior of healthy, secure, grounded men. This is the behavior of guys who are acting out of fear. James and John were afraid. And I can see why. They've been with Jesus for a long time, but now they are about to enter Jerusalem and they know that what's going to face them because Jesus told them over and over again. They know that their time together on earth is quickly coming to an end and, and they're afraid. James and John were among the very first people that Jesus called to follow him. They were fishermen. They were brothers. They had been working on their father Zebedee's boat when Jesus first met them. And I have to wonder what kind of guys these brothers were to earn a nickname from Jesus. But he called them uh, Sons of Thunder. Sons of Thunder was the nickname that Jesus gave James and John. Kind of tells you all that you need to know about these guys. Jesus named them Sons of Thunder. I think then they must have been probably real tough, real tough guys, working guys. They were fishermen with thick hands and broad shoulders and loud voices and big laughs and, of course, I'm sure, salty mouths. And Jesus really liked these guys. They quickly became part of his inner circle with Peter, whom he called the Rock. Jesus named these guys like they were WWF wrestlers. Tells you a lot about the disciples. Once Jesus was asked, um, he was asked to heal this girl. But by the time they got to her house, she had already died. But he told the father, um, wait here. Do not fear. Only believe. And then he asked Peter and James and John, only them, to come with him into the house. And of course, when they go in. There's weeping, there's wailing, there's grief. But they found the girl was alive. Jesus had healed her miraculously. Not everyone saw Jesus bring a little girl back from the dead. Most people never see something like that. But Jesus wanted James and John to see it. You know there's something special about a man who can bring people back from the dead. Another time, Jesus invited the rock and the sons of thunder to go up a mountain with him. And then they saw Jesus transfigured before them. His clothes became a dazzling white such as no one on earth could bleach them. And then appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with him. These were guys who had been dead for a long time. Who got to see that? James and John. The last time that we see James and John in the gospel, Jesus 
asks them and Peter to come with him to the Garden of Gethsemane. It's the night that he's going to be arrested. And he asks them, just stay, stay awake with me for a little while. He said, I'm, Jesus says this to his disciples, I'm deeply grieved even to death. So remain here with me. Keep awake with me. And then Jesus goes a little bit off and he throws himself on the ground and he prays, Abba, which means daddy, father, remove this cup from me. When Jesus was at his lowest, loneliest, the darkest night of his life, when he faced his own fear, his own death, and he needed his closest brothers by his side, it was James and John. A trumpet. Their place as Jesus' most trusted disciples, I think it's, it's fairly secure, wouldn't you say? What, what he's shown them, they've seen him at his most miraculous. They've seen him at his most transcendent. They've seen him at his loneliest, at his most grieved. And yet, James and John come to Jesus with this selfish, self-centered, arrogant request. When you make it to heaven... And we're all there with you. Can we be at your right and your left? I mean, doesn't it sound a little bit like they are concerned about whether they are going to have the same special place in heaven that they've experienced on earth? Maybe they're afraid about their status. Everything we've come to enjoy on earth, you're telling us something is ahead that we don't understand and we're a little nervous about it and we can't control it. So we're trying to get a hold on it. We're trying to get some control because we're afraid. Is it going to be the same there as it was here? Can we, are we going to be the inside team? It sounds like they're a little afraid is a question that shows also that in this moment, they do not understand everything that Jesus has been teaching them and that which he's been preparing them for. Their judgment, their discipleship, their faith, it is clouded by their fear. So we have been talking the last few weeks about Jesus' teachings about the kingdom of God in our Speaking of Heaven series. And we've heard about the spirit of welcome that Jesus mandates us to maintain. We've, we've heard about receiving the kingdom of God like a child. And today Jesus teaches us that the kingdom of God is a place of courageous love that is lived out in service to others. It is a place of fearlessness. We heard how heaven is so much more than just a place that we go when we die. Jesus wants us to live today on earth like our greatest hopes for heaven. To make real what we dream about heaven being like, to make that real in this life. And James and John, they are, they are so much like us that even with all Jesus' talk about their mission on earth, their chief concern is still their status in heaven after they die. Instead of living on earth with the greatest hope of heaven, they are worried on earth about their greatest fear. James and John, the sons of thunder, are afraid. 
They aren't afraid to die. They say they're ready to drink from the cup that go through the same baptism as Jesus was just to say. They are ready, I think, to face the physical challenges that lie ahead. They're tough guys. And Jesus agrees with this. He says, you will drink from the cup that I drink. You will be baptized with my baptism. But their fear about their special status and glory, well, Jesus says, that's not mine to grant you. James and John have had a front row seat to Jesus and the exhibition of the kingdom of God on earth. They should know by now that the special status they've experienced with Jesus was not to prepare them for glory. It was to prepare them for leadership on earth. Leadership as Jesus demonstrated it on earth. Jesus was discipling them. That's a word we could use for it. He was mentoring them. He was teaching them how to step into leadership when he passed the mission of the church on to them. His model of leadership, the the way he uses his power is grounded in his confidence and his faith. And so he doesn't need to prove his significance and power to anybody. He doesn't lord it over anybody. He's not concerned about being on anybody's right or left hand. He has faith. That he is God's chosen. So who, who does he have to impress? He doesn't lord it over anybody. He doesn't worry about building up his wealth to show his status. Jesus' power is demonstrated in his humble leadership. It came to not, not to be served, but to serve. When Jesus speaks of heaven as the kingdom of God, his kingdom doesn't function like the kingdoms of the world or our systems. Our kingdoms on earth, we see them in political leadership, right? That's one of our biggest kingdoms today. Uh, Major corporations, those are the kingdoms of today. Uh, Celebrities are our royalty. We've crowned them our our royalty. These are the places that our culture has placed its power and its significance. Jesus says the leadership of the world, those whom they recognize as their leaders, they lord it over them. They lord it over them. That's what they, when you see all of the, 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 the flashiness of wealth, that's just another way of lording over the rest of us what we don't have to show the power and significance that they have achieved. That's the way they lord it over them, Jesus says, and their great ones are tyrants over them. This form of leadership, though, and we know it's fear-driven, ultimately. It's fear-driven leadership. They're afraid that if they don't prove their worth to us, they will not be trusted. Who would put trust in the power of a leader that didn't have a well-funded military to demonstrate their power and to protect their power? Who would trust the wisdom of leadership with a business leader who didn't have a great personal wealth to prove their business acumen? They... Fear vulnerability will compromise their power rather than what is more often the case. That the leader who owns their vulnerability, who leans into their fear, only builds greater trust and admiration amongst those they lead. Jesus fed other people. He touched the unclean. He literally lifted up children. He spoke to those that other people were terrified to talk to. He was also the same way with the most powerful people. 
He, he could talk to a business leader the same way, the commander of armies to the religious elite. He was the same. Jesus knew his power. He was grounded. He was confident in his faith because it, it, it came from his understanding of his authority from God. He knew that, that God gave him his authority so he didn't have to prove that and he didn't have anything to fear. So many who claim power in our society are so afraid that they will lose it, that they actually compromise their ability to lead. They are among the least trusted individuals in our society. Those who lead through service, however, are among the most trusted. And surveys of Americans, they show this. Uh, just the other, maybe last year, they, they do this all the year, uh, every, almost every year, uh, surveys that, that, that ask about the most trusted professions in America. Professions built on service of others, they're always at the top of the list. So last year it's nurses, military officers, teachers, they are the top of the list. The service is driven into the core of what they do. You know who are at the bottom of the list? Who are at the bottom of the list? Politicians? What's that? Lawyers? Yes. Uh, lobbyists and business executives. Among the least trusted. Amongst, amongst our, our own community. But who do, we, who do we give the most power to? They are among our most powerful, our wealthiest, and least trusted. What is going on? They've lost their trust because they operate most out of fear of losing their power. They value power and wealth over trust and relationships. Jesus tells his disciples, however, it's not so among you. Because whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must become the slave of all. It was Jesus calling for fearless leadership. When he's gone, it will be his disciples who must step up, claim that authority that had been given to him. But they have to demonstrate it through service to the world, just as Jesus did. Kingdom of God does not operate like our kingdoms or systems. Jesus shows us what the kingdom of God looks like, and it is a place where there is no more fear. He teaches us to pray, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Therefore, to live within the kingdom of God on earth is to lean into our fears rather than live in response to them. James and John projected their earthly fears onto eternity when Jesus wants us to take that eternal reality, which is without fear, and to live into it today. Jesus knew that the sons of thunder were afraid and that their request for some promise of heavenly status, that that was a silly question that they were asking out of their fear. Rather than make them feel better about it, he called all his disciples, who I'm sure were equally afraid, and he asked them to lean into that fear, to be strong and courageous. And then he did this without using those words. Instead, he shows us what strong and courageous leadership looks like, and it is to serve, and it is to give, and it is to love. That is what heaven looks like. A place where fear has been cast out by perfect love. 
This is what heaven looks like on earth. A place where fear leads us to service, which leads us to love, which casts out our fear. So do not fear, only believe. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. glad you joined us today for the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We welcome you to visit us in person if you find yourself in the Harrisburg area. Visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org, to find out more about our church and the free medical clinics we offer here. That's ChristHarrisburg.org. The music at the top in which you hear now is by Shane Ivers. May God be with you until we meet again.